The second reading is 1 Corinthians 15, 50 to 58. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Well, May the 8th, 1945. Some of you will probably know that day and the importance of that day. Anyone want to uh, throw out their knowledge? May the 8th, 1945 was... Were you here this morning? No, VE Day, that's right, with your dad telling you behind you. Yes, it was Victory in Europe Day. Uh, and Winston Churchill, uh, looking out on Whitehall, uh, said these words. He said, God bless you all. Uh, this is your victory. It is the victory of the cause of freedom in every land. In all our long history, we have never seen a greater day than this. Everyone man or woman, has done their best. Everyone has tried. There were celebrations in all sorts of places. Here's the celebration in Paris uh, with the Arc de Triomphe in the background there. And uh, it was a great celebration, wasn't it? Because in the Second World War, uh, the Allies fought for and longed for victory. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you long for victory? Now, we might long for victory in our sporting teams, mightn't we? We might long for victory for Australia or for me, England, uh, to win the Ashes or the rugby or some other great sporting event. We might long for victory at the Olympics when that comes around again in is it a couple of years' time, is it? And for the gold medal tally there. But do you long for victory over death? Do you long for victory over death? I want to suggest I think that most of us don't. Whether we follow Jesus or not. We don't like to think about death. We, let alone victory over death. We minimize death. We sanitize death. We pretend that it's nothing. Or we seek victory over it in one way or another, uh, perhaps with human philosophy and religion. 
And we say, well, there's reincarnation after death, and hopefully I've done enough good and I'll come back even better next time round. Or we might say with our philosophy that, well, death doesn't matter because there is no heaven or hell. Or we might say, well, God's loving, isn't he? So he's going to let everyone into heaven anyway, isn't he? So death doesn't matter. Or we might go with science. How about this way of seeking victory over death? Cryonics. Uh, this is uh, in country New South Wales, in Holbrook. And uh, it's a facility there uh, where you can pay between fifty to seventy uh, dollars $70, and then have your body stored after death uh, for it to be reanimated at some point in the future. Uh, the director there, Peter Sodekis, uh, says that he's got 44 people on his books who've paid that amount of money. And the facility has the capacity at the moment to store 40 bodies. I'm not sure what's going to happen to the 44 versus the 40, anyway. Um, in uh, tanks of liquid nitrogen, uh, which he says resemble very large thermos flasks. So how about that? Uh, well, other experts, though, in that article say that it is all just rather science fiction. Uh, well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to see that victory over death is not science fiction but certain because of Jesus' death and resurrection. But before we look at it, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us here together tonight. And that we thank you that as we heard in that first reading, that Jesus is alive. He is not here. He has risen. Uh, but help us to see now the implications of his rising from the dead and the victory over death that he brings for those who are his. So please speak to us tonight, we pray. Amen. Well, the first thing we're going to see tonight is that death is not victorious. Death is not victorious. Uh, we've jumped into the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where Paul is in the, the middle of talking, and uh, talking about how the dead will be raised because Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. He said that at the start of the chapter. And he talks about how we'll be resurrected with new and transformed physical bodies. There's a physical resurrection, just as Jesus rose physically from the dead. And now Paul as he finishes up, he says, I'm going to tell you a mystery. I'm going to tell you something secret that is now being revealed. Paul writes to Christians here in verses 51 to 53, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. See, as Paul thinks about Jesus' resurrection, Paul says death is not the last word. Death, as many of you probably know personally, is painful, is sad. It's distressing. But Paul says death is not final. 
For the trumpet will sound one last time, announcing the arrival of God's King Jesus. And then, like a flash of lightning, or like the blink of an eye, when Jesus returns, the dead will be raised, imperishable and immortal. That is, our resurrection bodies uh, will be like canned tomatoes and not fresh tomatoes. That is, stay with me, they will be imperishable rather than perishable. I know the illustration breaks down a bit because these will eventually probably decay. I wouldn't want to open them in a hundred years' time. Uh, But uh, you get the idea, imperishable versus perishable. These are some tomatoes I had earlier on. If you don't eat them, uh, they're going to decay, aren't they? So I'll have one now. Pretty good. So I'll leave those up there. So that's the first thing. Perishable versus imperishable. will be raised imperishable. And then the next one is that our mortal bodies, our bodies that will die, will be clothed with... Here we go. Get it the right way around. Clothed with immortality. You have to kind of work with me. I couldn't quite get it all in one line there. So our mortal bodies will be clothed with immortality. We will no longer die. We will live forever. There will be no more decaying of our bodies in heaven. They'll no longer get frail and start to fall apart and have bits that need to be repaired and then die. No. Imperishable and immortal. And Paul says, when this happens, verse 54, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. This is a saying that is written by the prophet Isaiah in chapter 25, verse 8. And Paul says, this saying will now come true. And it's this, death has been swallowed up in victory. It's a bit like uh, this, perhaps. Death has been swallowed up in victory, in the victory of Jesus. In his resurrection, Jesus, like Pac-Man, swallows up the ghost of death. Okay, if you know Pac-Man. So, death has been swallowed up in victory, in Jesus' victory. And so Paul can say, as the prophet uh, Hosea does in chapter 13, verse 14, Paul's quoting from Hosea, here in verse 55, he can say, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? It's as if death is personified, isn't it? And now Paul taunts death because death thought it had won. Death thought it had won. Satan thought he'd won on that day when Jesus died, that first Good Friday. But in Jesus' resurrection, three days later, death has been swallowed up in victory. And then Paul explains in verse 56... He says this, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. See, Paul says it's like a scorpion, and how a scorpion has a a sting on it. And says, Paul says, the sting of death is sin. That's the problem. It's sin that leads to death, and the power of sin is actually in God's law. God God has said, if we rebel against him, we will die. It's the good command he gave to Adam and Eve in the garden, isn't it? Eat from the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil in the middle of the garden, 
and you will die. And that's what happens. The power of sin is in the law of God. And as we ignore God's good law and go our own way, well, that leads to sin, which leads to death. But death is not victorious. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And then next, God then shares that victory with us. God gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Have a look at verse 57 with me. But thanks be to God, says Paul. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we don't win the victory over death by our hard work. We don't win the victory through trying to be good and not do evil. We'll never be victorious over death if it was down to us in the fight with death, because death is far too strong an opponent. We might do our best. We might try hard to use Churchill's words in the war. But it will never be our own victory through our own efforts. No, God gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's Jesus' hard work. It's his fighting that wins the battle. It's Jesus resisting temptation and always doing right that gives us the victory. It's Jesus fulfilling God's good law perfectly that wins the victory for us. It's Jesus' death, dying in our place, taking our sin upon himself that gives us the victory. It's Jesus' resurrection three days later that gives us the victory. And means the sting of death is drawn for us in Jesus. No wonder Paul says, thanks be to God. And that should be our response too. Thank you, God, for giving me the victory through Jesus. How about using those words in a prayer this week, a very simple prayer each day, and say, thank you, God, that you've given me victory over death through Jesus my Lord Jesus Christ. God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And all we need to do is accept it. All we need to do is to accept that gift that God gives, that victory that God gives through Jesus. When we do have the Olympics, if you win at the Olympics, first, second, or third, you get the medal ceremony, don't you? And you have to accept the medal that's been given you. There have been some incidents over the years uh, where people haven't been accepting of them because they've been a bit unhappy about things or are making a statement of some kind. Uh, one of these incidents was in the 1972 uh, basketball final at the Olympics between the US and Russia. And uh, it was a great match, apparently. I don't know if anyone here saw it. Um, and it all came down to the last three seconds of this basketball match. And um, there were some decisions made by the judging, uh, and then someone appealed things and that kind of stuff, and uh, Russia were given another, uh, whatever it is in basketball, in the last three seconds and scored. And America were absolutely appalled by this. And they decided not to accept their silver medals. And those silver medals are now still apparently in a safe somewhere in Switzerland. 
And even a couple of the uh, team members I was reading apparently have told uh, in their wills that their, team mem- uh, that their family are not to receive the medals when they die. They're so incensed by this. They haven't received that gift. But what about you with the gift of victory over death that Jesus brings? You see, we need to accept Jesus' victor's crown as he takes our crown of thorns for our sin. We need to accept for ourselves personally Jesus' victory. If you've not taken Jesus' victory over death by trusting in Jesus as your saviour and turning to him as your king, then I do need to tell you tonight that this promise of victory over death through Jesus is, is not for you. And actually, there is something far, far, something eternally terrible for you. Elsewhere, the Bible says that all will be raised. Those who believe in Jesus, those who don't. They will all bow the knee before him and confess that he is Lord. But then those who have turned to him as saviour and trusted him as king will go to eternal life. And those who have not will go to eternal punishment as you bear the penalty for your sins upon yourself for rejecting God and his good ways. And if you've not turned to Jesus, well, let me say to you tonight, please consider this victory that he freely gives to all who will come to him. A great way to do that would be to join in that Christianity Explained course that Michael was talking about over those four Tuesdays in May. Have a look at Mark's account of the life of Jesus, of who Jesus is and why Jesus matters. And come to your own conclusions after looking at the evidence. Because this is very important. God gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. But we need to take that for ourselves. And finally and briefly, Paul in verse 58 draws out the implications of all this. As he says, stand firm then in this truth. This truth that Jesus gives us the victory over death. Stand firm in this truth and work hard for the Lord because of this truth. Paul says, verse 58, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, writing to Christians in Corinth, and now we hear this as time goes on, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. See, the temptation is not to stand firm in this truth. That Jesus gives us the victory. The temptation is to move away from the truth. That victory over death is only ours through Jesus Christ and his victory over death. The temptation might be to dismiss this truth as life goes on. As perhaps death seems to reign around you. And you question, really, does Jesus really have the victory? Or we might perhaps think that we uh, can actually need and we need to be victorious in our own strength. 
that Jesus' death is not enough and we need to contribute something. But no, Paul says, stand firm in the gospel, let nothing move you. That is only the death of Jesus and through his death that we will be victorious over death. But then, Paul says, don't just stand firm in these truths. Get behind these great truths of God's victory over death through Jesus by giving yourselves fully. And not just a a little bit, not just on Sundays, not just at Easter, not just when you've got a bit of time, not just perhaps later in life when things are a bit slower. They never seem to be, do they? No, always, Paul says, give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. That is God's work, to gospel work. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. See, helping others to understand this gospel truth, that victory over death is ours only through Jesus, our Lord, Paul says, is a labor that is not in vain. Now, it could, be all sorts of, could mean all sorts of things, getting behind that gospel truth, but one way of working for the Lord it could be to invite someone along to Christianity Explained on those Tuesday nights and say, hey, come along with me and explore this because I really want you to see the importance of this and look at it for yourself. Maybe that's one way that you could labor for the Lord at this time. So this Easter Sunday... We've seen that death is not victorious because Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. He is victorious and God gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we're to stand firm in this truth and work hard for the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, As we look around us, uh, we see death. And uh, we know uh, that it is certain that it's coming for us unless the Lord Jesus returns. And so as we look at death and see death around us, we thank you that Jesus is victorious over death. That he has won the battle through his death and resurrection. That sin has been taken by him, and that sting has been drawn in Jesus. And so death now no longer has power over those who trust in Jesus. And so we praise you and thank you for this great victory, and that you give us victory over death through Jesus' victory. Please help us to take this victory for ourselves to take the victor's crown that Jesus freely gives and to stand firm in it and to work hard for the Lord. Amen.